0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome back to Bookaholics Anonymous. I'm Francesca. I'm Alicia. And this is our last episode of the year. Woo! Oh my gosh, I'm
1: so excited. What are you drinking for our last episode of 2020? I chose to spice it up a little and I'm having some wine.
0: Ooh. I like it's that glass. It's a peach wine.
1: I like that glass. It's, it's pretty. Thanks. It's my mother's. <laughs> I am having shots. Oh my
0: gosh. Like, of what? Tequila? No. Oh, I wish. So I bought that peppermint smirnoff for last week and it's just sitting in my room. So at least if I do this and then go upstairs, my parents smell my breath and just think that I brushed my teeth. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so cheers. I'm cheers. going to just send this back. <laughs> It's honestly not that bad <clears throat> on its own. It's almost like a peppermint patty. I can see that. Which I can is see like, that. that could be dangerous in the right setting. So, yeah, I'm already injured. It's not going to do much to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, what a way to go out for 2020. 2020.
0: Yeah. I was out last week. I haven't worked for almost over a week, almost a week wow. and a half. And tomorrow is supposed to be my first day back at work.
1: Good luck with that.
0: Well, so I'm supposed to work at... Yeah. Yeah. and My early shift, and they canceled it already. The truck isn't coming because of the snowstorm we're getting tonight, so bet, bet, not going to work tomorrow. (laughs) Has it started snowing there yet? Yep. It started... I I noticed it a couple hours ago. I've been lying in bed for the last six
1: hours watching Criminal Minds. Love that for you. I don't... It's not started snowing here. We're not really going to get a lot of snow here, though, so... Yeah, we're supposed to get, like, I think, like, over a foot, so... Yeah, whatever.
0: As long as I don't have to shovel it. Which, now that I'm injured, I don't have to shovel. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. To further explain, um, anybody that knows me in person knows I have two left feet, and I've had enough injuries to sustain anyone for a lifetime. I had two ankle surgeries before I was even 21, both of which within the span of, like, three years. So, you know, I'm walking down the stone steps into my backyard last night. My dad is coming out from a different exit, entrance, whatever, coming up a different set of stairs from our basement, and I'm talking to him, and my foot just blows. And I fall to my hands and my knees. My dad is, like, standing over me and is like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm on my hands and my knees on the hard pavement of our patio. What makes you think I'm okay? <laughs> and so my right is the one that I've had all the surgeries on. And I've always, like, called my right foot my bad one. Which, like, before the age of even <laughs> 25, that shouldn't be a, a thing. Having a bad any. Ooh appendage. Right. Um, And it was my left last night that did me dirty. It was the good one that failed me. I was shocked but not surprised because I've always told myself, don't trust anyone. So yeah, I've been lying in bed all day just watching Criminal Minds and icing my foot because I rolled over in the middle of the night and woke myself up because I bent my foot the wrong way and it was painful. So... Yeah, it sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. So that's my last twenty four hours. What's up with you?
1: Um, I went to Barnes and Noble. Of course you did. I bought Mariah Carey's new biography. Oh my god! I don't know if it's new, but like if she has another one. But I bought her biography because my friend and I both love Mariah Carey, and we wanted to read her biography. But I think you're gonna have to surprise me with it one day. For the podcast. Because I Perfect. want to hear it, but I
0: have no desire to
1: sit down and actually read it. So... Yeah. I... Yeah, we'll see. It's not that... It's not very long. I didn't look the page count, but just from looking at it, it's not very long. It was on discount, so that's why I bought it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it, it was 25% came, off. It had to have come out, like, last year. I don't think it came out no, recently. No, it came out this year. Oh, really? It came out in,
1: like, September. Yeah. It was
0: on Jeopardy! one night. There was a whole category dedicated to her. And she asked As all the questions should. yeah, to promote her her
1: biography. So I thought it was a rerun, but I guess not. <laughs> nope. Yeah, so I got that one. And then I got The Babysitter's Coven, Ooh. which looked really good. I wanted to read it back in October, but I could not find a copy to save my life. Um, so I picked that one up. And then I got another one called Tunnel of Bones. It's right over here. My microphone is standing on it. <laughs> um, by Victoria Schwab. Which is the middle grade. Ooh, so
0: so that's going to be an easy one
1: for you. Probably not for
0: me, but.
1: (laughs) I've never read um, a V.E. Schwab book. Mm. So, and I heard this one was really good and I wanted to read more middle grade this year or this coming year. Mm -hmm. So I figured it'd be a good one to start with. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all sound like great picks. Super excited to hear Mariah Carey's story eventually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if I I ever get to it. If you ever get to it. (laughs)
0: Yes. So, with this being our last episode of the year, we wanted to kind of round off this 2020 with our top five reads of the year, none of which we have covered on the actual podcast. These are all separate ones we've done that we felt like were honorable mentions. Like, we loved them, but we challenged ourselves not to pick any that we actually talked about on the podcast because we didn't want to, you know reiterate what we've already said and you guys have already heard those stories. So we thought it would be fun to pick ones we haven't talked about yet. I know it was a challenge for me to come up with five
1: I've read this year that we haven't covered. I know Alicia had a, a bit of a different problem. Yeah, um, I am currently sitting at 69 books. I just finished one today. Oh That's the perfect number. <laughs> Don't change it. No, I'm trying to get to 75 and I have like three three weeks. Yeah, I think three weeks, Mm, maybe two, like two and a half weeks. Yeah, I I have three books I know for sure I'm going to read, so I should get up to seventy two at the very least. But I think I can fit another three in there. That is
0: sixty nine more than I've read. So good for
1: you. Yeah, so I've been having a hard time narrowing it down, and I even have runners up that I'm not gonna give a rundown for, but I'm going to. Give an honorable mention because they were still very. Oh, good. that's so nice! <laughs> I
0: only did my top five because, like always, I did the absolute
1: bare minera- minimum. <laughs> I felt like I couldn't choose, like I could not mention some of these because, like, one of them that didn't make the list I reread mm-hmm. for a second time this year, and I felt like I had to mention it. Okay, so. that's fair. That's fair. So we also have two surprise categories that we'll do yes. after our top five, which we're excited about. Yes. Who who goes first? How do we do this? Um, do you want to go first since I did my uh story last week? Sure. So, we're counting down to 1 then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, my number 5, which I know you didn't like. I know you read it <laughs> and I know you didn't like it because you told me that. But mine is Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yeah. yeah. I did not. enjoy That this wasn't one. her favorite. <laughs> Cuz Alicia it and I wasn't. have like very differing opinions on very. like what we want from a story. I love very direct, get to the point. I used to be such a fan of like heavy detail. And now I'm just like, get to the point. I don't have time to see <laughs> the intricate layout of a tapestry. Just like, tell me what, why it's important. So Daisy Jones and the Six follows, you guessed it, the band, oh, the fictional band Daisy Jones and the Six and their rise to stardom in what is it? The 60s, I think it was? Yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty sure. They're like a rock band in the 60s and just all of the turbulence of them becoming a band and the friction that Daisy and their lead singer Billy have. Obviously, I'm not going to go into heavy summaries on any of these because I do encourage you guys to read these books um, when you have the chance. But I was really, um, I really liked the format because it's written as like, interviews with the different members of the band as if it's, like, a documentary style. Like, they're looking back uh, and telling the story. So, there's never any reliable narrator. You never know if what they're telling you is the truth because they were all so coked out <laughs> and heavy yeah, drugs
1: seriously during
0: the time that they're talking about. So, I thought it was really... It was, like, reading an interview with a fake band, which I thought was so cool um, Taylor Jenkins Reid also has said that she has taken inspiration from Fleetwood Mac for this book. So if you're a big fan of Fleetwood Mac, maybe check it out. And I'm actually really excited. They're making a TV series for Amazon of this, which I am really excited about. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon is heading that, I right? I think so. I think I She's think producing so. it. I, I know think. that Daisy Jones is going to be played by oh my god her name is escaping me i'm so sorry but she's a granddaughter of elvis presley which i think is so cool right i think i did hear that and sam caflin will be yes (laughs) billy love to see it (laughs) love him so i'm really excited to see what they do with that especially because in the book she writes fake music like fictional music for the band to perform and gives lyrics and everything but you because it's a book you obviously don't get to hear it So I'm really excited to hear the music that they come up with to put to those lyrics that she wrote. Right. So my overall rating for it was three out of five stars because I liked how the interview style I thought that was really unique and like a different way to write a story. And I liked the twist at the end with Billy and his family. Um, But I also felt like once I found out it was related to Fleetwood Mac or inspired by it some way. I couldn't get the members of Fleetwood Mac out of my head. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of like ruined it for me a little bit. And it just it got repetitive after a while all of the partying that she writes. It just so that's why I got 3 out of 5 stars.
1: Yeah, I I gave it I oh, I just want to say I gave it 3 stars. I did not like the interview style, and that's what really brought it down for me Mm because I just couldn't stand it. Uh, Taylor uh, Jenkins Reid, that's her, like, M.O., is, like, taking, like, historical figures and writing them as, like, a fiction book. And she does it with varying degrees of success for me, because I read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which is based on Elizabeth Taylor, and that was phenomenal. I gave that book four and a half stars. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, but I did not like Daisy Jones and the Six, and I, I honestly think it's because of like the format of it i just couldn't get behind it <laughs>
0: well my favorite characters my favorite character in daisy jones was the drummer i think was that graham or i think it was graham wouldn't know i read it a was whole brother.
1: year
0: ago um he it was like or no will was the brother graham was the drummer he was so fucking funny because like <laughs> they'd be having a really intense Story and then Graham's like dialogue would just pop in and be like, I don't know, I was drunk banging some chick in the back, like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, move. it was hilarious. He was just <laughs> so well timed,
1: yeah. So he was my favorite in the book. But what was your number five? My number five, um, is Neil, is um, it's the Scythe series by Neil Schusterman, and it, I think, probably my favorite one of the series is probably number one, maybe number two. I like them equally, but the third one wasn't as good as the first two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The uh, so basically the premise is that, that this there's this basically everyone on Earth is no longer able to die. They we have conquered disease. We have gotten rid of oh, accidental that's a for me. I can't wait to go. Ooh, <laughs> trigger warning. Yikes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I just had a long <laughs> conversation with my therapist the other day. So she's
1: okay. She knows what's going on. Go ahead. Yeah. So we've gotten rid of XNL death, diseases, you name it, and we've mastered bringing people back to life. But in order to maintain the balance on Earth and not over-utilizing resources, we now have these things called scythe, whose job it is is to go around and kill people off to keep maintain this balance and there's a way to do it you know with a lot of studying and whatnot they studied like how people used to die in the old days every site has their like different method of determining who dies and who doesn't but there are I'll all probably these rules be one <laughs> well the number one rule like for sites is like the people who do it don't want to do it because oh no nope. I mean, <laughs> never mind <laughs> Yeah, if you want (laughs) to do it, then you're just, you know, you're Um, playing some games I'm a little fucked up. You guys have to figure that out by now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've basically planned your whole funeral service on this podcast, so. Don't I know it. (laughs) So, yeah, and it it follows these two kids, teenagers, who get chosen to become a Scythe's apprentice, Citra and Rowan. And, not gonna lie, I love them both. They're both pretty dope. If I had to choose one, though, I would say Citra because she's pretty badass.
0: We love a and, strong feminine character.
1: Yeah, she's awesome. And they are Scythe apprentices for Scythe Faraday, who is a very old and well-esteemed like, Scythe. And you find out that he's not supposed to have two Scythe. so now they're put in like a battle to win oh. his position, because mm-hmm. he's going to step down and, you know... Or not step down, sorry. He's, like, um... Gonna be murdered? No. <laughs> he, he's gonna, like, sorry. They, you know, you have to introduce new sites to keep up with mm-hmm. the reaping. <laughs> I think that's what they call it, but I don't remember. Cause okay, Susan six Collins. Months. Yeah, basically. But, yeah, it was really interesting. It's very, um, kind of sci fi It's got a lot of, like... I don't know how to describe it, but it's very, like, it has a lot of to do with technology. It's very involved. But then you also have this, you know, these scythes who, you know, can kill people. And everyone can live forever until the scythe kills them off forever. So, yeah, I really liked it. Um, it's really pretty interesting read. And the second one gets all sorts of crazy. And, of course, there's, you know, bad scythes, so that plays into the plot a lot. And me, I had not, <laughs> I had not read a like sci-fi in forever before I picked up this one, so it was a great reintroduction to sci-fi because it'd been probably two, two, three years since i had read one. Mm-hmm. I got, I got uh, tired of them after the dystopian influx of the mid twenty yeah, tens. That, <laughs> that was a choice that we it all was. made collectively. It was, but yeah, that's my my number five. What's your rating on it? Oh, I gave it 5 stars the um first two and then I gave the second or the third one I gave 4 stars.
0: Wow, starting off strong with 5 stars for your number 5. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> just pretty good. Just pretty good. It's just pretty good. Five, 5 stars, but you're okay. I just like to apologize in advance for any sounds you hear coming from my house, like I said, I do not have my shit soundproofed. And I have my sister or my mother or someone else walking around upstairs. So you're going to hear some floors creaking. So I'm not sorry. Anyway, my number four <laughs> is In oh Five Boy. Years by Rebecca Surly. The story follows our main character, Danny, as she gets engaged. And then that night she falls asleep and has like almost like a premonition of her future where she's engaged to someone completely different. Five years into the future, living in a completely different part of New York City or Brooklyn. And the whole book is her trying to move through th- through those years, trying to figure out how she got from being engaged and living in, like, the Upper West Side to uh, living in Dumbo and, uh, like, making out with this hot architect.
1: I would be and- worried, too, if I went from Upper West Side to Dumbo. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Upper West Side is pretty fucking nice. Yeah. Dumbo's nice too, but like Upper West Side. Come on, sis. I used to live near there. It was so nice.
0: <laughs> so, the book so you like kind of assume it's going to be like this love story of her finding this new man, but it ends up really just being about her relationship with her best friend who you find out is sick and their story and her their progression over the next 5 years as you find out about how sick she actually is and all of these things. And this book really is more about their friendship than it is about Danny really falling in love. And I loved that, that it wasn't the typical romance. It was more of a romance between friends. Like, it was more about... An, it was such an adult friendship between the two of them, even right. though they'd known each other their entire lives, that I, I loved that that twist to it, because I wasn't expecting that based off of reading, like, the jacket copy. Um And I will say, the end made me cry. I immediately texted my best friend and was like, oh my god, I love you. <laughs> Hold me. Um, And yeah, so I just, I loved the book. I thought it was really well written and really honest and realistic between two adult women who have been friends their entire lives. So they're gonna fight. They're gonna get mad at each other but at the end of the day they're still always going to love each other and I thought that was just so beautifully well told but I also just gave it three uh three and a half stars out of five because it kind of felt like the rug was pulled out from under me when you realize that it's not a love story and then you get to the end of the book and you find out like what is actually happening and you're like wait what? what like so it wasn't like
1: um it was like almost like a quick switch like they, right I should say I also read this book and it does end I very, made her read it yeah she made me read it but it ends very abruptly like yeah you, you find like all this out like you basically realize oh the whole story along was their friendship and not this you know love story and then it ends
0: <laughs> yeah like I feel like it would have done well with at least like an epilogue
1: or like just to see pages. what happens
0: yeah so that's why I gave it the rating that i that I ultimately did, but i I thought it was it made me cry. It was a beautiful book.
1: It so. was good. I did like you said, I really liked that it was like uh a book about uh adult female friendship mm-hmm. um and I liked that that Danny um at the end chooses not to get married and decides like he's not <laughs> well, I mean she does end up. <laughs> The premonition comes
0: true when she's not ma- getting engaged. So, right. But yes, you're right. You're right. Um,
1: I just like a- appreciated that, and it's not all about the relationship with. It's the, not all the about romance. the ring, ladies. <laughs> exactly. So that was my number five, four. What was yours? My number four was "We Are Okay," and that's by. I've definitely heard of this book, Nina Lacour. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Nina Lacour, and it's about this girl named Marin, who hasn't spoken to anyone from her hometown since she left to go to college. Very abruptly. Didn't tell anyone. And no one knows the truth about the final weeks she spent there. Um, Not even her best friend from home. And she's miles away. She's from California going to school in, like, upstate New York. Shout out. <laughs> Love that for her. Great and, choice. Right. And she, Marin, still feels like She just is just so like not sure of herself and what her life is supposed to be like after leaving and her best friend is like coming to visit her and she's kind of resentful to her best friend and I don't want to give it away, but there's some tension between them because of a fight they had. So yeah, I really enjoyed this book because my cousin Jonathan told me to read it. He's like, you're going to love it. I promise. And my cousin Jonathan and I have like pretty similar tastes. He gave me another book to read um, because he t- I had said that I wanted to read it. And he's like, I have it. You can borrow it. But I did not like it. Like, it wasn't for me. And so yeah. I read it. I did not like it. I gave it two stars. So we have pretty similar tastes. I really enjoyed it because I read it right near the anniversary of my grandfather passing. And a lot of the book has to do with Marin's grandfather passing, and she yeah. was really close to her grandfather. He was basically her um, guardian growing up because her, her mom and her dad are not mm-hmm. in the picture. So it hit me right at the peak of my emotional distress over <laughs> losing my grandfather like six years ago, but it was very traumatic when it happened, much like Marin's grandfather when, when he passes away. It's it was super tra- traumatic and so I'm sitting there in bed at like two a.m. when I finish this fucking book, sobbing for like thirty <sighs> minutes, listening to folklore on repeat. <laughs> it was just a sad day. It was a sad night. All
0: too well played three hundred times in one day.
1: Like... <laughs> <laughs> Literally never grow up. On oh my repeat. god, stop it. Yeah, stop it. Haunted. So sad. I think I gave. Oh <laughs> hell yeah. Including all her gay songs, uh, I can't think of any right now. But Ooh. what were your what was your rating for it? I think I gave this one four and a half or five stars. I really really liked mm-hmm. this book a lot. It was just so fucking sad, <laughs> like it destroyed my soul. And I wrote in my Goodreads review. I like told my cousin. I was like, "Fuck you for making me <laughs> read this book." Now <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> but it was phenomenal. I have to read some of her other books because this one was just so good.
0: good. We love a traumatic reading experience. Exactly. Okay, so my number three was Ghost Wall by Sarah Moss. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I don't think I have, it's an, no. Actually, it's a really short read. I want to say it's under 200 pages. It's super short, mm. but it was so, so good. It... It's a, it follows like a girl. I think she's seventeen. I forgot her name. It was a last like at the end of last year, beginning of this year when I read it. Um, mm-hmm. it follows this girl. she's like seventeen, and her and her parents kind of tag along on this college break like expedition thing. Her dad is there this is in England. And her dad is like super obsessed with like the British Iron Age of like history, okay. And so uh-huh. it's they join like this anthropology class for like 2 weeks in the British like countryside living the way they did during like the iron <laughs> age or whatever it was and it's super creepy and it gets really emotional like the dad is very is abusive verbally um I don't remember if there's any other f- Yikes. form of abuse in it I don't think there was but mm-hmm. It was just so well done. It was very educational too. I learned a lot about British history in the Iron Age during it, things I did not know. Damn. Um, but it was it was super creepy, very emotional. I I loved the book. I thought it was really good. And it was, again, it was so short that it it wasn't unnecessarily dragged out where you kind of get that feeling with some creepy stories is that like they're trying to build the suspense, but it's it's just right. this was just a good a good read <laughs> um, and it's my genre preference. I like kind of mystery thriller crime, so I really like this one, and like it has it like is so to kind of play into the genre of it. it when they're on like this retreat with this class, the dad's psycho psychological state kind of just worsens and deteriorates and he starts like really like reverting back to like the gruntish man of that time if you will
1: oh so it's kind of like a psychological yes it is it's kind of super psychological cool. yeah
0: so it was a really good read and that's why i'm saying like it was a, a thriller mystery because you get so like worried about the main character <laughs> When you're reading this, you're like, honey, run. <laughs> honey, please, leave. Um, So I gave it three and a half stars. Because I liked it. It was just so short. And I wanted it. I wish, like, we got more out of the ending. You wanted more. I wanted more out of the ending. I always want more out of the these endings. <laughs> Damn it. But okay, go ahead.
1: Oh, boy. So my number three is Know My Name. Yes, I want to
0: read this so bad. I'm going to steal it's your copy. It's so good.
1: Oh, my... Yeah, it made me cry so many times. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Chanel Miller is the uh, Stanford rape case survivor victim. So the uh, victim, the uh, Brock Turner case, that was all her. And this is her account of everything that happened, some of the stuff that leads up to it, and then her journey throughout the whole proceeding Mm -hmm. And then a little bit afterwards. And the, the ending is what really got me the most because she just talks about how, you know, how hard this was for her. How many, how much she's had to overcome and do herself. But how she thinks about how she's going to be helping other women. And it was just so powerful. And her whole statement, if you have not read her statement... I would encourage everyone to read yes. her full, like, 10-page statement, it was, because it's just so beautiful. I was
0: reading that on the train coming home from work, I think last year, and it was, like, 10 o'clock at night, and I was on the LIR sobbing and getting the weirdest fucking looks, right. and I was like,
1: have you read this? You need to read this. It's so... Yeah, it's so powerful. Um She's a phenomenal writer. She's a phenomenal artist. She does a lot of uh, doodles in, like, the the New York Times mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. She's featured in the Asian American uh, Art Museum out in California, where she's from. And I just think she's a phenomenal person. I just love her. I follow her on Instagram. She's very funny. <laughs> and, yeah, she's just... Fantastic! I think a lot of people our age can probably remember when that case oh my God. broke, and I, I just never M- left my I'm mind. I am still sense.
0: angry about it. like.
1: Same. I, I do I get satisfaction curious.
0: though, knowing that he's immortalized in criminal justice textbooks, for that case. Right. Um, it does give me a sense of justice. In that sense, is that nobody is going to forget? They're always going to be reading and studying him. So.
1: I I firmly disagree with the verdict in that case yeah it's quite interesting too because after that verdict they actually got the judge removed yeah. from good from his position and I think my problem one of my favorite chapters other than um the chapter when she goes off to the uh, east Coast to try this art class out for herself I really love that chapter in that portion of the book my other favorite portion is um after the case they' are Everyone is, like, railing around trying to get this judge removed. Not everyone, but a lot of people are. Most people, yeah. Are. And she – no one no one still knows that it's, it's her. You know, mm. her name has not been released yet. She's not come out – come forth as uh, Jane Doe – or Emily Doe, I think, is what they used. Same thing. And, yeah. yeah, and she describes seeing all these people, like, outside Walmart and all these stores, like, just spending rainy days trying to get people to sign, like, you know, the – Petition, what's it called? <laughs> the yeah. petition, yeah, to to get him removed, and she, how like powerful that was for her, and that was just made me sob. So mm-hmm. I gave this book a five out of five because I think Chanel's a, a fabulous writer and a fabulous human being.
0: I can, de- she's definitely an amazing writer. Just off of that ten-page statement yeah. alone, she the the strength to to come out the other side of that and what she went through is something i don't know if i would have the same ability to do and i i give her immense res- i mean i would i respect her to begin with i think she's an amazing writer but all of my love like i love this girl i've never met her before but i feel like we would be friends that's all i have
1: to yeah, say yeah there's like also another portion that had me tearing up was reading all the letters she got from from different people across mm-hmm. you know the nation the the world and she like like has some of them. She actually also reads the audiobook. So, Ooh. if you're into audiobooks like we, yes, are, we are, I suggest she's a good audiobook. Um and it's just oh my gosh, made me cry so much cuz like some people are so heinous but some people are just so like good mm-hmm. and nice and oh, I was so glad those people wrote into her cuz I think I, I think this happened 2016 or no, it was 2015 I think. I was 17. I didn't even think to write a yeah. letter, but I was so impacted by I remember that happened, I like so. remember
0: when that new the news of that broke. Oh my god, I was mm-hmm. so I remember and I remember I was home for it and I like asked my parents I was like, "Did you hear about this?" and I was like, "No." And I was like, "You're about to because I'm about to tell you everything. I'm about to go Nancy Grace on his ass. <laughs> this
1: <laughs> This is my new 24-hour news cycle just Literally. about this but yeah, I I think this should be taught in schools. It's just Absolutely. so it's so powerful and great. But yeah, that was my number three. Okay.
0: Well, my number two was another read I made you do. <laughs> oh
1: uh, boy, <laughs> the Water
0: Cure by Sophie McIntosh.
1: Oh yes, I, I do remember. that Loved
0: one. that book. The so the story follows three sisters who are raised on this remote island by their parents. Um, they don't have any TV. No. No internet connection, no telephones, nothing. Like, they are isolated. And they're told that there's, like, this plague ravaging the world, turning men just violent and... and Triggered. Yeah, like, killing women. And it's just, like, they're keeping them there to keep them safe. And the dad would leave, like, once a month to, on, like, a supply run. And he'd have to wear this, like, heinous outfit because he was, like, <laughs> yes. coming in contact with men. Huh. Gross. Ugh, Give me the gross. chills. <laughs> um, and then one day he just... He leaves and does not come back. And they think he's dead. And then a few days later, these three men show up on the island that the girls have never met before. Like, they, the, literally the only man they've ever met is their dad. So they're really caught off guard. They're very... Un, like, very cautious of the men. And... Uh, and so it, it becomes kind of like this power struggle between the women and the men of, psych- psychologically, like, who is going to outsmart who. And it was so good. I clearly love Uncomfortable Situations because that's all this book was. Was just uncomfortable situation after the other. Oh, yes. Uh, because these girls, because of the environment they were raised in, they don't know any better of what they're being taught. So where they're living used to be this hotel that their parents would run for the women out in the outer world to come and get cleansed of being around a man, so to speak. And so one of the (laughs) the treatments they gave was the water cure. And that's what the, where the title of the book comes from. I'm not going to explain it because I really think you guys should read it. It was so so good and especially with the middle sister i think leah was the middle sister right
1: i'm yeah I you get so, like yeah. such
0: an honest look at like an innocent teenage girl's mind of just wanting to fall in love and be accepted and loved by your family and she doesn't have that and so she craves it and she seeks it out in these strange men that just appear and so i loved <laughs> that that was like a very accurate depiction, even though she's never been in an environment outside of her dad, she still wants to be the pretty one. She still wants the attention. Like, that doesn't change just because she's never been around other men. So I loved that. I loved the dynamic between the three sisters because I have two sisters of my own. I know how that works. And so I kind of get, like, nitpicky when there's three sisters in a book and it's not... they go more full house than anything... (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I would have no clue. I have one yeah. brother, so it's vastly yeah. different. So, like, it's not <laughs> always going to be rainbows and sunshine and
0: hugs and kisses. It's mm. not DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle are, like, the extreme example of, like, a great really, And I... So, like, I just thought it was a really well done. I also loved the analogy of, like, watching the bad men corrupt these untainted and pure young girls. I thought it was just so interesting to see them slowly like turn on each other and then not and it was just it was great I loved it so I gave the water cure four out of five stars
1: what did you think since you read it I think I gave it three stars uh just because it's really not my thing it's very psychological thriller yes not my forte per se and it's meant to be confusing Mm yes which I don't like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like I think it's good to know go I also like to go into things blind so it's a little bit my fault um because <laughs> yeah. I didn't do any research I remember but you I texting me mean, like am I supposed to know what this is and I was like no yeah I'm like am I supposed to know any of this I'm so confused but you're not like that's the whole point um but going into it blind like I didn't know what it was about at all I was just a little confused. But if you go into it knowing like a background of it, like you understand it's kind of supposed to be confusing, so you're supposed to yeah, build on your knowledge as you go. Yeah. But yeah, it but was I interesting. It. I do I, I thought it was love, really great. I don't read I haven't read a lot of books that like I mean this is kind of culty. I think we can both agree. It's very yeah. culty. Yes, yes, yes. I I don't think I've read any other books that like Deal like have had a cult in it, so that was part was interesting to me. Yes,
0: and it was a fake cult too. I didn't make you read, which like sucks. Like I want to read about the Manson family. I want to read about (laughs) the (laughs) the Heaven's Gate. And then you realize like none of this is real, but like it's one hundred percent there are there's a family out there like this that nobody knows about. One hundred percent. Who's dad is like feeding them lies like this? Like, come
1: on. So what was your number two? My number two is The Wicked King by Holly Black. And I skirted our rule of uh, ones we haven't covered because I didn't cover this one. I covered The Cruel Prince a couple episodes ago. I love to see you breaking, like, finding loopholes in what I tell you to do. do. We do. We love that. So, yeah. And let me tell you, friends, it only gets better after The Cruel Prince because The Wicked King, oh boy... Does thing Do things escalate? So it follows the same characters, um, Jude and Carden, and you follow them through Carden's reign for the year that he's in Jude's servitude after she sneakily, sneakily tricked him into vowing himself <laughs> to her. And it follows all the... The happenings that go on during this year. I don't think it follows, like, the full year, but it's it's damn pretty close. It might be, like, a month off or something. Mm. But the twists and turns that come out of this book, holy shit. The, I thought the first book was a little predictable. I did pick up, like, I did know, like, I I just knew Locke was going to be Terrence. Oh, my gosh, I can hear my mom singing. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. That's amazing. That's staying. In. Must be making dinner. She was supposed to start dinner thirty minutes ago.
0: That's amazing,
1: ma'am, sis. But anyways, yeah, I, I kind of predicted that Taryn, um, like mystery lover was Locke. I, like, kind of knew some other stuff was gonna happen, but then I did not, did not guess the last twist of, of Jude getting Cardin to take the throne. It totally blindsided me. So. This next book, The Wicked King, I saw, like, none of these twists coming. Ooh. It's fucking crazy. And Jude just gets better. She is amazing. I love her. She is a chaotic queen. Love to see it. So, Do you know what her
0: birthday is? I'd love to know what her sign is.
1: Let me look to see if there's, like, a Folk of Air wiki There something. is, because <laughs> I was
0: reading it when you told the story of the cruel prince. So I went and read the Wikipedia pages for the other books.
1: We love that. Jude
0: Duarte. Okay, let's see. Like the other night when I read all of the Wikipedia pages for the Saw movies. <laughs> yeah, that was at like was one wild. o'clock in the morning I texted you and was like, Why am I the way that I am?
1: Yeah, literally. And it doesn't have her birthday in oh, here, okay. unfortunately, but she's chaotic. We love, love her. It. I just just read the novella, um, how the the king of Elfame learned to hate stories. It was amazing. I loved it. What can I say? I'm I'm a I'm a slut for Cardin <laughs> and Jude. They're just the best. I gave the Wicked King five stars. I thought the Queen of Nothing, while still good, which is controversial, some people Hot take. do not like it and have given it Yeah. Some people that I've seen on Goodreads are doing Miss Holly Black dirty <laughs> and giving it like two or three stars. It's definitely a four star. Just because you can't accept certain things doesn't mean it's a two-star book but whatever so that was my number two i loved it i love them and will reread in the future
0: 100 (laughs) okay my number one was girls like us by christina agler if anyone knows me knows i've told literally everybody i know to read this book um it's so good a cop drama thriller because it's me because I have to stick to my personality trait, which is murder. True crime. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> and so... It really is, honestly. It, it's my only personality trait at this point. Um, so the story follows Nell Flynn, who is an FBI agent who comes back to Long Island to bury her dad after he has a motorcycle accident and he dies. And he was a police officer or detective with the Suffolk County Police Department in the book. This is fiction, I'd like to point out. This is entirely fiction.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's important. These are actual places.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, And so she ends up, she's on leave from the FBI because she was kind of being quote-unquote hunted by like this Russian mob member. And so she ends up getting pulled into her dad's the case her dad was working on when he died by his old partner who she went to high school with and she starts like unraveling what was happening in these really heinous murders of, um, these minority teenage girls. I believe both of the girls that they mention are Latina, but I'm not sure, Off the top of my head? I I feel like they were.
1: Because Francesca has told me about this book. I feel like you did say that they were both Latina. For some reason that is sticking with me.
0: I think they were. You could definitely get from this book that there was an influence from the cases of the Long Island serial killer based on the way that the victims in the book are found in like burlap sacks and whatnot. That's also how some of the Long Island serial killers victims were found. Um, And so you get, like, really great twists and turns, a lot of corruption and lying. And the plot twist at the end, I was not expecting in the least. Because, like, with a great murder mystery, you always want to introduce, you always have to introduce the reader to your
1: murder at, at some point. Right, because that just makes it more, I don't know that, believable. and
0: then it defeats the purpose of why am I why is she investigating these people if, like they didn't even talk about the murderer to begin with? So right. she did that so well. and I was so impressed with how she was able to misdirect like do that misdirection. Um it was just it was great. and it was great development of the main character with Nell. You get a lot of like her internalized thoughts, so you can sympathize with her, but it's not overtly exposition constantly on top one after the other. So right. it was just it was so it was so good. And apparently there was an HBO show in the works with Rosemond Pike uh-huh. starring, <gasps> and it was gonna be an all-female production writers, all of it, and it just never came to fruition. I'm pissed. I need this. In that my should be life. illegal. I need it. I can, if I will do it for free. You can make me Nell, which I don't. Now Roseman Pike is a phenomenal actress. I don't see her working out as a main character because Nell is supposed to be half Mexican, so oh hmm,
1: I don't hmm. know how she would work.
0: <laughs> Love to see they couldn't find like yeah.
1: a... um. <laughs> But one of the
0: great things that I love about this book, as I've mentioned before, I'm from Long Island, so when she's writing, the whole book is, like, set out east in the Hamptons. When she's writing and making references to the different towns and things like that, for me, it was so much easier to visualize because it's where I'm from. I know exactly what road she's talking about when she mentions Dune Road. I know exactly what she's talking about when she talks about Riverhead. So, like, for me, it just made it even more... Cool for me because I could just visual. I I didn't have to think harder to <laughs> visualize the setting. Right. Is the author from? Yes, Long I know Island? she lived here briefly, okay. or not briefly, but she did live here for a time. I follow her on Instagram, um, and I think she love just that. moved to Connecticut with her family. She has the cutest oh, <laughs> baby girl, Serena Christina. If you listen to this, oh, love that Kristen, name. If you listen to this, if you ever need a babysitter, let me know. I'm great with kids. <laughs> And I love your Instagram. So I gave that
1: five out of five. I loved that book. Yes, you should. So what was your number one? My number one is the Poppy Wars series by R.F. Kwong. Mm. Oh, boy. This series, it's a high fantasy series, first of all, which, oh, boy. Do those take a lot out of you? Because you have to learn like the whole system, background, lots of characters. Mm-hmm. But the way Rebecca does it, oh my goodness, it is fantastic. She is an amazing writer, amazing. Like she's so good at plot and at character, it's insane. So basically, um, to give like a short rundown because there's three books and they're all well over six. Jesus. Pages, yeah, come on. I read them all. In three weeks. George R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so there, we basically follow this character named Rin. Rin li- is from the poor lower class section of Nakara, and she takes this test. She does really well on this test and gets to go to this military school basically for free, and that's going to open up a lot of doors for mm-hmm. her. Because now she can rise up in, like, you know, in the class system. And it follows her, the first book follows her while she's at school and everything she's learning there. I don't want to give a ton away because there are a lot of, like, things you find out throughout the book, throughout the series, but that's kind of, like, the basic gist of it. And, uh, Rebecca takes on a lot of the stuff that comes, like, that's in the book she takes it from history. Mm-hmm. So like uh, the na- the rape of Nanjing, that's in wow. there and it's super brutal. So that's a huge trigger warning. Like if you want to read the series and it sounds interesting to you, I would definitely and you're like sensitive to a lot of stuff like that. I would definitely look up some some different trigger warnings because there are a lot of them. Proceed with caution. Definitely. Vi- gruesome violence. Ooh, maybe I'll read it. Sexual assault. Oh, mm, yeah, maybe not. it's 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 pretty violent, but it's it's so well done because she makes sure you know war isn't pretty. It's mm-hmm. horrible and, and gruesome, which I think is good because I think a lot of fantasy writers not glorified. Glamorize kind of glamorized yeah, War a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. she just does a fantastic job and I think uh her character Rin, the main character, is just a great study. In character, because she's not—it's not black or white, more like morality. Mm -hmm. She's neither good or bad. She's in the gray area. It's just phenomenal. She is. She and I just—you know, she's
0: just—you
1: know, (laughs) exactly. So I, yeah, wow, it was quite the book to read. I loved it. I would recommend it if you're super into fantasy and whatnot. I gave it to five stars. love that for for you. My friend told me to read it, and she's like, it's going to destroy you. You're not going to be able to read for, like, two weeks. And sure enough, I was not able to read for Mm -hmm. two weeks after finishing the last book. Hmm. So, now, what were your honorable mentions that you mentioned before? Oh, boy. So, my honorable mentions would be The Vanishing Half, Red, White, and Royal Blue, and Legendborn. Mm -hmm. So... Quickly, why they're they're honorable mentions are mostly because I read them at the later half of the year. So I haven't had as much time to process them as I have the other ones. Um, I really loved Vanishing Half. It's literary fiction, which is not Mm -hmm. my forte usually. But I thought Brit Benet uh, really just did a fantastic job. It's phenomenal. I learned so much during uh, reading the book about colorism uh, with... Within the Black community and outside of the Black community, it was so great. Um, Red, white, and royal blue by mm-hmm. Casey McQuinston was phenomenal. They are a great writer. I cannot wait to read. Uh, the- one I've last heard stop really by them. good things
0: about Red, white, and royal blue. Like I remember when that came out.
1: Yeah, that's 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 the book I read twice this year. I didn't read all of it. I just read parts of it again because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I want to read a cute romance. Let me just break it out and read about Alex and Henry again. So I love them. I did read that one way back in April, but the other ones were just so good, it, it knocked it out of my top five. <laughs> and my last one is Legendborn by Tracy Dion. I'm probably saying her last name wrong, but I feel like it's D-E-O-N-N. You're, so. as- you're asking the dyslexic to tell you how to pronounce something? I should have researched that, and I'm so sorry. I, le- I researched how to say Rebecca's last name, Kwong because I was like, could go either way. I don't know. But it was it's a um, Knights of the Round Ooh. Table, an Arthurian retelling. And while I thought it was I loved the main character, she's phenomenal. I really saw myself a lot in the main character. Um, it was a little confusing at times and it did not give enough time for the reader mm-hmm. to catch up and kind of process it. I think the book would have benefited from a back Mm -hmm. glossary to like detail some of the stuff, but it's a it's really heavy on world building because it's a fantasy series. So like it was par for the course, but I just felt like it could have been explained a little more easily, more easily digestible for the reader. But I'm really excited for the second one to come Mm -hmm. out whenever it comes out. So those were my honorable mentions.
0: So the next category we're doing is our least favorite reads of the year. <laughs> um, yes.
1: So I only picked
0: one book. I don't know if you picked more than one. Okay. Good. I only picked one. So, do you want to go do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Okay. Yeah, you go so first. So, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. <laughs> Maybe probably yes. Most likely. Roast Francesca. Yeah, roast me. I don't I don't care. I'll probably cry about it for, like, 15 minutes and then just move on. Oh, no. I'm very sensitive. Okay? I'm very sensitive. You can roast me. I don't care. Yeah, Alicia is, like, solid stone. (laughs) I'm open for criticism.
1: It's part of being a Gemini. I have to, since everyone already hates me anyways.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, my least favorite read of the year was The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins.
1: Ooh, hot take. Hot I cake. can't even, like... Honestly, that's valid, to be honest. Thank you. I, I didn't hate it, but it definitely was not my favorite of the series, even.
0: Yeah, no. I no. have a lot of feelings about this book, and none of them were remotely good. Actually, that's a lie. I had some good feelings. It was, like, deep, deep, <laughs> deep, deep, deep.
1: When it ended?
0: Yes. Um. So, for those of you guys who don't know, this is a Hunger Games prequel that follows President Snow in his, like, young teenage years, and his experience with, what, was it, like, the, the 15th Hunger Games, or the 10th? Something like yeah, that. The,
1: yeah, the the quarter quell. So it was, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. the 15th.
0: So, the, that's, like, where the book follows, and I'm not gonna go too much into it, he... All I'll really say is he gets a tribute. His family is not well off anymore because of the war. So, like, he really needs to do well as a mentor to the tributes to get a place in university. And he gets the girl tribute from District 12, Lucy Gray. And he just ends up falling for her and... And it all goes Pretty downhill much. from there. She fell in love with her first fuckboy, <laughs> and like the rest of us, it all just plateaued and ended. So Can't blame her. I was just like, you know, even when she was in the reaping, I thought she was, just, like, Lucy Gray as a character was just a lot. Just as a whole. Like, during her right. reaping, she had this big power ballad that I was like, calm down, Hannah Montana. <laughs> yes! We didn't ask
1: for this. Oh my god. Oh um, my gosh. I love that. <laughs>
0: Calm down. Just, it know. was a lot and i was stop. like um we got singing from katniss 75 years in the future we don't need another singing tribute please stop be different <laughs> be unique um oh my and another point that i did not appreciate about this book was that she tried it felt like she was trying to make us sympathize with snow
1: you know what i mean um i don't know if she's i think she was trying to what she was trying to get at was, like, try to get at him the morality of the character. Like, it almost felt like she was He's trying to humanize all...
0: him. He... But, like, yeah. you spent three books just ripping into this guy and making him, like, the worst human <laughs> in Pan Am. And then to try and, like, give him uh, empathy and, like, make you feel bad for his circumstances. I just was not a fan of that. Like, if you're going to have a villain, don't try and backtrack it don't walk it back and, like, make it, like, try to give him redeemable qualities because there's nothing redeemable about Cornelius or Cornelia or whatever the fuck his name was. I don't even remember.
1: So, no. Same. I did appreciate that she showed that, like, evil can come from True. any True. class. It's not just, and which is really apt for The Hunger Games. Like, it that's you know, it's it's such a good series that I hate that this, the prequel was just right? not what I wanted. But... Because everyone was saying it was going right, to be about yeah. Mags. It should have been about Mags. God damn it.
0: But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I also think that the book... She, this is the first in uh trilogy, I think it's going to be. I thought it had but, pacing problems. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I, had completely. I think this book could have ended halfway through it. It dragged on so much. You had a second book in the, there. The yeah. third part. You had the whole second right. book in there, honey. You could have clop- clopped a lot of that off and would have had four books. So it just, it just didn't stop. Like, it just kept going. And I just was not here for it. I didn't want a humanized Snow. I didn't want to understand his motives in The Hunger Games because you really didn't need to to understand Mm. The Hunger Games. You just needed a villain. You needed someone to hate. And that was Snow. So giving him this huge backstory, giving, devoting fucking three books to him is not worth it. That being said, the only redeemable quality of this book was (laughs) Serjanus. He was the only redeemable character. Oh, hell yeah. That's my man. He was an icon. He served facts and... Didn't want to be in the capital. He did not want to be a capital kid, and I love that. This is not a phase, mom. He is District Two. I mean, he he was still a we career, but it wasn't like he was accepted into the capital because he was still from the districts. So like he really was right. like the odd man out, and I I loved Sejanus. Like I don't even remember if he lives at the end. To be honest, like I really hated this book so much that I just like got aggravated by the end. So I gave it two and a half stars because I damn. Really, like I just like I got tired of it. Like
1: I got tired. So tired. Listening to this book. I don't I feel like that's not that unpopular in the in the book sphere. I've seen a lot of people who've not liked it at all. Good.
0: Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. But like
1: it was not my favorite. I think I gave it three stars. I was very lukewarm about it. You know? It was just there. I
0: just eh. I just really didn't like how by like towards the end of the book. She the whole book. She's really trying to humanize him and make him look better and like more of a character. And then at the end, to just flip that switch and change all of that progress, right, was just like so jarring that I was like, "What the fuck is this? Oof. What did I just waste my time reading?" <laughs> yeah,
1: mood. Especially after the first three so, were so good.
0: So thankfully, I didn't pay for it because I used my free Audible credit for opening an Audible <laughs> Love account. That for you. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Eh, so. That's how you finesse the systems, ladies and gentlemen.
1: (laughs) So what was your least favorite read? My least favorite read was this book called Rush by Maya Banks. Now, my friend gave me this book to read because it was so bad. She said, Alicia, you have to read this book. It is horrible. And so she sent it to me. Oh, she's going in. She sent it to me in the mail so I could read it. And, wow! Yeah, dedication. Shout out to Michaela. She she really <laughs> was like, sh- she's like, you have to read this, and she she made sure I did. <sighs> so basically, it's it's a forbidden romance book. It is very new adult, um, erotic, erotica, and mm-hmm. yeah, it follows Mia, who is this young twenty something like. 21 22 23 you know around our age-ish and she's having oh my gosh leave me alone <laughs> she's having this affair with her older brother's best friend named gabe who is i thought you were just gonna stop at older brother and i was like well oh, no, absolutely not <laughs> he is this rich he's a rich boy he basically like owns his own company he's like a ceo And it's just terrible. The romance in this book is disgusting. I wrote in my Goodreads review. Let me read it to you. This book is just dot 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 bad. The plot is bad. The characters are bad. The writing is bad. I sincerely hope no one thinks a partner should ever treat them how Mia is treated in this book. Oh, damn. And that about sums it up. Because the way Gabe treats Mia in this book is toxic and abusive and is not it. I hated this book. <laughs> that's it. That's my whole. That's that's. I can't talk about this book anymore. It's just that bad.
0: She's <laughs> just gonna keep getting angrier and yeah, angrier. Yeah, it just.
1: Oh, it was so bad. I read it in two days, I think, because it's it's a very easy read. It's not very complicated. It's not. Oh, so it took you a while. <laughs> it did not require any like upper level thinking. It's just mm, no, absolutely not. Just terrible. Fair enough. Fair enough. So our last category is
0: our most anticipated books of 2021. The ones we're most excited to read. So I'll ask you again. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first, I guess.
1: <laughs> Switch okay. it up. Switch it up. So my most anticipated book is Better Together by Christine Riccio. For those who do not know, I'm a big BookTube gal. I've been watching BookTube since 2011, 2012. So uh, Christine is a BookTuber that... I feel like probably everyone, if you've ever watched BookTube, you've watched her. She's like probably one of the the main ones. Um, So I've been watching her for almost ten years, which is kind of (laughs) scary. And uh, Mm -hmm. her first book came out last year called Again But Butter. and I enjoyed it. It's a YA, but it's about college age Mm -hmm. characters, which was interesting. And this new one is basically like I think she just the blurb describes it as parent trap. Meets something else. Freaky Friday. That's what it was. Parent Trap meets Freaky Friday. And this is what... That's a twist. Yeah, this is what the blurb uh, that they have on Goodreads is. It says, Jamie and Siri are sisters, torn apart at a young age by their parents' volatile divorce. They've grown up living completely separate lives, Jamie with their dad and Siri with their mom. Now reunited after over a decade apart, they hatch a plot to switch places. It's time they get to know and come... Com- uh, confront each of their estranged parents. So, Ooh. I'm very excited to see the follow up to her debut and see what it's all about. <laughs> Ooh, that
0: one actually sounds really good. Yeah, I, I, I think there's like, hope you tell us. there's some
1: like magical aspects of it, but mm. we'll see.
0: Ooh. Okay, well, my most anticipated for next year, I actually asked my mom to get this for me for Christmas. Ooh. Is if You Tell a True Story of Murder, Family Secrets, and, um, and the Unbreakable Bond of Sisterhood by Greg Olson. Love it. So the book is follows three sisters and obviously murder, family secrets, and their bond. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to do the same thing that Alicia did and read the Goodreads blurb because I feel like it's a lot to just trying for me to explain for a book that I've never read before before right. so after more than a decade when sisters nikki Sam- sammy and tori notech i think that's how you say it notech hear the word mom it claws like an eagle's talons triggering memories that have been their secret since childhood until now dun, dun, dun. for years behind the closed doors of their family farmhouse in raymond washington their sadistic mother shelly subjected the girls to unimaginable abuse degradation torture and psychic terrors throughout it all nikki and Sa- nikki sammy and tori develop a defiant bond that made them far less vulnerable than Shelley imagined even as others were drawn into their mother's dark and pervasive web the sisters found the strength and courage to escape the escalating nightmare that culminated in multiple murders
1: whoa yeah is this based on a true story yeah, okay. I was
0: just going to say I'm, like, 95% sure it's a true story. Damn. Um, because it's me, obviously. <laughs> um, The first review, the top review I'm looking at right now, the first sentence is, this book, this was a disturbing book, and I'm like, sign me oh, up. Oh, boy. We're here for it. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to read that one. Also on my list, because you gave your honorable mentions. Yeah. I want to give mine for anticipated of next year. Uh, Prophets Pray, which is about... The FLDS. Oh, hell yeah. And Jeff Warren. That'll be an interesting Um, one. That's going to be a really interesting one. And also, I'm a therapist and my patient is an ex-school
1: shooter is also on my list. You told me about that one. I'm curious about that one.
0: Yeah, I'll have to let you know. Um, Let us know if any of what I just said makes you very uncomfortable because (laughs) I will make a new list. I'm still going to read those books. I just won't share them with you guys. Um... (laughs) Because, as you know, I should just have trigger warning tattooed across my forehead. Everything that I talk about is very heavy. But I think it's important that these things are discussed. Because I'm a firm believer that if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. So if we don't learn from other people's mistakes, it's just going to keep happening. So, plus, it's just really good stories.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're fascinating.
0: Yes, so that is our 2020
1: wrap up, I guess you could say. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm calling it in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any new year's resolutions for 2021? Um, I don't really do new year's resolutions per se. I try to make a list of books I want to read in the year. I've read almost all of them for this year. I made a list of 30 this year. I've read, um, 21 of them. So not bad. Uh, I am going to try to read more. I'm going to try to read Lord of the Rings this coming year. I've never read it. Ooh, and I'm going. I haven't either. I've seen the movies. I've never even seen the movies, so it'll be all new what? to me. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Uh, I was I was a Harry Potter girl through and through. <laughs> That's fair. I watched them when I like late high school, early college. I try. I was always. A Harry I tried Potter Potter to, girl to too. watch one. The first one, I just couldn't do it. Maybe I was in the wrong headspace yeah. to watch it. So I'm <sighs> gonna give the books a try. I've heard they're phenomenal, and I'm gonna try to read some middle grade this coming year because I don't read like any. That's
0: fun. So. Yeah, I love that for you. Well, my New
1: Year's resolution, thanks for asking. I figured you would just say yours
0: after mine. (laughs) Um, I'm going to try to stop cursing so much. Oh, couldn't be me. I feel like. And I'm going to try and stop saying like too, because I've caught that. This is what happens since I've moved home. Like, (laughs) Mm. Uh, this is what happens since I've moved home. I just keep saying like and I curse like a sailor, and it's. It's really bad, so I'm going to try and stop cursing. Don't know how quickly that... I'm going to give up on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to try and drink more water. That's a good one. That was my resolution for this year. Um, (laughs) It kind of worked. (laughs) Not really. Um, But then I'm also really excited for this upcoming year because I really want to do a lot more books that have been adapted into different TV shows and movies because I love doing comparisons between the two of what was kept in it, what wasn't, how they changed it for the characters. Like, I'm thinking with the success of Defending Jacob on Apple TV mm-hmm. with my boyfriend, Chris Evans. <laughs> oh, no. I don't care. He's never going to fucking hear this. Um, In the original book, which was written by William Land- Landry? Land- Landley, Something like that. In the original book, Chris's character is actually in his mid to late 40s the dynamic would be very different between father and son than i think a father that had their son when he was like 24 because that's like where his age would have fallen for a 14 year old child Mm -hmm. um so you know little changes like that or like harry potter in which book was it when they added the burning of the or which movie was it when they added burning down the burrow i think that's the sixth one? one yeah
1: Yeah. That wasn't even in the fucking book. No. It was just nice for the screen. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I definitely want to try that this year, this coming year, seeing those adaptions and seeing how they've changed. On my list is Normal People. I still need to read read it and watch the Netflix series. Everyone's like, oh my god, you have to watch it. It's so good. I was like, I want to read the book first. And it's on my nightstands staring at me and I just haven't gotten
1: around to it. I think the show is better than the book wow i know and i don't say that usually but um i did not yeah i gave the book three stars it wasn't horrible but i just mm, i don't know it just wasn't for me but i thought the the show was really good i like enjoyed it a lot so
0: well i have to get on that though. yeah don't forget us next year like we're gonna be taking a break this is gonna be our last episode of 2020 but we will be back for 2021 baby back and better than ever mm, not too sure about that But
1: manifesting it.
0: Okay, you can manifest it. I'm probably still going to be boozing and not (laughs) exercising. So I don't know if I'm going to be better than ever. But please don't forget to rate and review us. And you can follow us on Twitter, Bookaholics Pod, and on Instagram, Bookaholics Pod. And
1: where can they find you? You can find me on Goodreads, Alicia Reads 13, or on Storygraph, Alicia Reads. (laughs) The last one of 2020. (laughs) I love it.
0: You can find me on Twitter at HBI Cheska or on Instagram at Francesca Hope. And we'll see you in 2021, baby. Bye.